You're listening to Cocktails and Clarity. An explicit podcast. Yep, explicit. Where we get all the answers you're too sober to ask for. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Clarity with Haley and Hannah. This is Haley speaking. I'm Hannah. Um, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, which is new for us. It's, yeah, it is new. We don't usually do weekend recordings. Um, uh, and what are we doing? Well, we're drinking. We're drinking. For one. Cheers. Of course we are. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. 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 Great. Plenty of cocktails. Um, we're on site. We're on location mm-hmm. today. Um, recording in a different, different place than Dogpatch Studios. We're in the Burbs. We are. And it's beautiful out, which I'm pleased with. Um, we don't get, you know, this weather in, in our parts. No, you know? no. Um, but yeah, a lot has happened since we've recorded last. A week ago. Yeah. It's been an <laughs> action-packed week. We, um, we're moving out of our apartment. We gave our 30-day notice. Mm-hmm. Which could have gone better. It could have gone better. It's like they didn't want us to, they didn't want to accept our move out. No, I think they just wanted to prolong it so then they could charge me rent for a few days in July, <laughs> which, you know, at the end of the day, it's... It's not going to do anything for them, but you know, you guys, we are literally being smoked smoked out out of our apartment. We had no choice. We cracked immediately. (laughs) Yeah. So basically what's happening to us, we've lived in the same apartment for um, eight years together. We're rent controlled. So Mm -hmm. like our apartment's pretty, pretty cheap relative to, you know, the market. And since we've been living there so long, they've just decided to um, remodel the entire apartment from the inside while we're living there. (laughs) So I'm actually currently unemployed. So I have the luxury of spending um, each day with about seven construction workers inside our apartment while they drill out all of our windows and cover Mm -hmm. the entire place in plastic wrap. One of my favorite features (laughs) is the smell that has started to um, permeate the walls from the rotting wood that they've exposed us to. Um, I particularly like what it's done in the shower. Um, and you know, when I find little bits of, um, cement in my loofah, I'm like, all right, all right. An exfoliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is so helpful. It's honestly, it's, it's not a good way to live. It's not a good way to live. So we're moving out. We're moving out. We're giving them a taste of their own medicine. (laughs) They showed up on a Saturday. I was like, this is my 30 day notice. They're like, we don't own this building. (laughs) Like you're going to have to find other. They're like, we're going to start um, showing your apartment to potential uh, viewers. And we're like, there's nobody who would possibly move into this place. It looks like a war zone. Yep. I'm, it's going to be comical though. Someone's like, I'll take it. Yeah. This is my place. I hope they do though. Cause then we can, you know, leave all of our stuff. Yeah. You know, sell it to them on the cheap. Exactly. As they say. So in the process of like moving out and everything, we've been like applying for new apartments. Mm-hmm. They always do background checks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which have turned up a lot of interesting information. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy to see a background check on yourself. Do they share? Well, I guess they do share it with you. Don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. But you've been going through that because you've applied for a new job. Like I haven't seen... Yeah. I mean, I've run my own credit report, which already <laughs> seems a little shady. <laughs> yeah, just run it yourself. It's like, here's a screenshot. Like, my name's blurred out. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a good score. Perfect, perfect. But yeah, I haven't actually read my own background But check. it's crazy, like, how much the government knows about you. Oh, gosh. You know? I know. I mean, even preparing for this episode, which um, we'll get into soon about our guests. We're really excited about this topic, but... It's, you know, it's a a big topic. It's going to be about sort of what's going on in the world. It's very political. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, I was, you know, kind of terrified as I was writing out our questions because I was like, what if like 
the government is reading this like and I'm like terrorists like ISIS Great. yeah awesome nice bullet points yeah. like they're definitely coming for attack me. yeah <laughs> bombs um but anyway so as I was doing that I was like well like how bad could it be if they like tapped into my phone? So I started like just checking out my internet searches, which have you oh. done that recently? Oh my God, I wish. Oh I'm, my God. What do you have? My internet searches are comical. Well, obviously we're in the process of moving. So like everything is with like, you know, Macy's betting, like fraudulent charges because my credit card company doesn't trust me. Um, <laughs> let's see, just um, a lot of, you know, transit, um, again, betting, uh-huh. how to quit the gym, is Ooh. Tupac still alive? And then Craigslist ads. So yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. That definitely um, doesn't raise any red flags. If you hacked so far. into my, you know, phone, I think I would prove to be a very interesting person. Oh, I remember the Tupac thing. The Tupac thing, yeah. We were like, why do people think he's still alive? Right. Turns out there's no good answer. No. I mean, I read the whole conspiracy article, which I'm on board. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, if they find anything in my phone, I think I'm still in the clear. Still in the clear. Sounds like it. Potentially. <laughs> Um, but that led me to all my old notes too, which also, do you have your notes still? So I just, um, I used to have all of like a bunch of notes. I make notes for everything, but they all mm. got deleted. Mm. Yeah. Cause I lose my phone every three months. I use my notes for everything, which I'm sure <laughs> what do you have they can in access. There? Um, well, a lot of them are, you know, like Walgreens lists, but looking through it, my favorite list that I found is my to-do list. And then there's no no items. Just to do. <laughs> like, that is you all should, I accomplished you on screenshot that. May 7th at 4.45 p.m. To, to do. do. Nothing. Not a one. I was like, God, how... Yeah, I will screenshot that. Like, how lazy can I be? Um, so that was a pretty strong one. Um, when I had some questions about a fight that I'd gotten in with, you know, John... Oh, I wanted to make sure I had my points. Your points prepared. Oh, my points are ridiculous. So you like made a list of things you wanted to talk about yeah. with him before the fight. Oh, yeah. And then I, I think I had to reference the notes during the fight, which really packs a punch. You know, <laughs> what are they? <laughs> um, you know, it's like what's missing from our relationship. <laughs> what about- John, what is missing? Yeah, what, what's missing? Um, <sighs> something was like. This one I don't get because I don't have any memory of it, but it's like, especially back in April when we talked about commitment. I'm like, huh, like that sounds like a good chat. That's right up there with my to-do list. Um, and then I'm like, am I being crazy? How does one build trust? I'm like, I hate everything about myself. I'm so embarrassed by this list. Um, That's amazing. You got to reference that. I, I I hope to do a reading of that at your wedding oh one my, day. Oh, you must. You must. Um, that's my whole list. Love my it. List. So anyways, again, the government finds me. They are in for a treat. A treat. Um, So I feel like on one of our episodes about relationships, we talked about how like um, your idea of like the most romantic thing that could happen was to Mm -hmm. be taken on like a surprise getaway. Surprise getaway. Where it's like um, the like your boyfriend picks you up from work or something Mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, FYI. I packed a bag. We're going somewhere. Exactly. The Um, dream. Because I hate planning. Yeah. So I love the idea of like, you don't even have to like, you know, anticipate anything. You're just, you're going. And so this happened to you. It did. Um, It had some, you know, variation of it because John told me back in December, he would like to take me on a surprise (laughs) trip in May. So I've been anticipating this trip for um, about six months. Um, And then he'd like drop all of these like, hints and it just got to the point where like he was gonna make you pack for me which yeah he's like never. like I'll have Haley pack for you yeah. like no big deal no um no. which is like if you already know you're going on a trip of yep. course you want to be in control of packing yes and I was so obnoxious through this process in terms of my guessing I was like he should have just messed with me and been like pack for tropical and then mm-hmm. sent me to like mm-hmm. you know 
yeah iceland you know and just like what a fool like, well you essentially figured out where I did. you were going i did i figured it out a day before process of elimination yep well he was like bring your passport so i was like okay that's a helpful hint <laughs> um and so i thought it's either vancouver or mexico uh-huh. and then when i when i was like hey any packing tips and you're like Pack for San Francisco weather. <laughs> I was like, which is we're going to Canada right now. It's like sure. 59 degrees. FYI. Yep. But I had never been to Canada. You've obviously been there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pacific Northwest. Life. Yeah. Um, but I Canada's the best. Loved it. Shout out. Loved it. It's just like the nicest people. And like, they're not even like, you know, rude to Americans. I feel like with everything going on in the world, mm-hmm. we're not going to be everyone's favorite everyone's favorite a mm-hmm. lot of people are going to be upset when we you know come stomping on their ground right right so um but anyways they were just so so lovely and like i'm still trying to figure out how to get into canada because the world's a scary place and canada just feels so canada feels so calm it does i it feel like so they safe. don't yeah for some reason i feel like they don't have any conflict right, right. whereas right now the world is kind of a terrifying place right so um, I don't know about you, but I would really like to know how to avoid conflict <laughs> between major world powers. I have the same exact question. Yep. Um, and through that um, just general inquisitiveness that Hannah and I have yep. about the world, um, we were able to lock down our guest today. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is John. He is um, he's a contractor for a major defense company. Mm-hmm. I think I said that wrong. No, he's, that's all good. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome, um, John. <laughs> and he's he's um, a top executive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and knows, top dog. knows how to defend the good old U.S. of A. Um, so we're here to talk to him about all our questions um, on politics, the world, mm-hmm. the defense industry, and in general, like, how to stay safe. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, without further ado... Welcome, John. Welcome. Thanks for spending the day with us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This is the best. I'm You're already really having so us much fun. We've welcomed ourselves into his home oh. <laughs> yep. for yep. this recording. We said, oh, yeah, we'll come and uh, we'll bring all of our producers. Yep. Um, um, we assume you'll have the wine for us. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. And you'll be feeding us afterwards. Awesome. Um, but um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we have a bunch of questions we'd love to, sure. to kind of get into. Yeah, just like the high level, what our listeners need to know about you. They cool. live all over the world, by the way. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well. I just first of all, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me because I, you know, I've been, I'm more older than you all, as yep, you can tell. A little bit, but I've like barely. Around, please, you guys should see this man. Life in moderation. Yeah. You know? No, and and so, and I've been like you said, I've been in the defense industry for uh, approaching forty years, wow. and uh, seen a lot of different sides of it: yeah. missile defense, strategic systems, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So in that line of work. It, you know, you can't do it without spending some time thinking about why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. so I'm happy to answer, you know, your questions about about my views. Okay, Great. cool. Great. Um, my first question is, um, I feel like every every other day we're hearing about another terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Our keywords that yep. are going to get us flagged by um, yep. the government, mm-hmm. which maybe you could advise on whether that will hurt us. Yeah. Um, but like terrorist attacks everywhere, people dying all the time. How scary is sh- how scared should we be right now? Are things really as bad as they seem, or is it just like the media making them more terrifying? Or just we live in a world where it's more accessible than it has ever been before. You know what I mean? News. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I think that's a, that's a great question. I think you just answered it, at least from my point of view. I, mm-hmm. So we shouldn't I'm, be as scared. On, on, on any <laughs> objective metric that you can find, we live in the best of times in, hum, in human history. We live longer. We live healthier. Yeah. We're more secure. 
what what's different is the fact that the world comes into your living room every night through your television yep. if you want to watch it and you know you can see the the, the extents of the entire world of whatever's going on mm-hmm. and, you know sure last night there was unfortunately a terrible attack in in london yep and and, and all told it was like seven fatalities and mm-hmm. you know, probably tens of injuries but the reality is how many of us are actually affected by that mm-hmm. and yet we affected it in any kind of you know tangible way mm-hmm. other than mentally we watch television we see it we worry about it we think well gosh i might be on vacation in london and gosh that could have happened right. to me and you personalize it but the truth of it is we live in the the best and most secure times in the history of mankind really wow. tell us about the like the what things were like before like this time you're talking about are you talking about like world war Two? The First World War, or just like, why were things so much like tougher before like the current generation? Well, I, you know, and it's, I'm not a historian, but I've spent some time looking mm-hmm. at the facts. And for century after century after century, prior to World War II, the, typically the, the population of the earth would lose 2% due to conflict, due to armed conflict. <sighs> so every century you lose 2% of the population. And that went on right all the way up wow. until... You know, World War One and World mm-hmm. War Two. It actually it spiked. You know, in the decade of World War Two, and uh, but boy, if you look back at the last you know seventy years, mm-hmm. it's been just a minimal, minimal amount of of loss of life due to conflict. Oh, mm-hmm. Interesting. And so you know, you can say, well, what 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 caused that? Why is the world the way it is, and mm-hmm. how did it change? And so I have some thoughts about that. Maybe we'll get into it as you ask more questions. Okay. Great. That was, that's a really, that was really, yeah. That's really helpful. Um, what about like the plague? You're not talking about like illness. No, You're talking no, about no. conflict and Conflicts war. Right. This is, yeah. you know, yes, it's all due to armed conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in terms of just kind of thinking again about everything that we've been exposed to and, and everything that's happening in the world right now, well, yes, maybe safer than, you know, it's portrayed to be who actually is in your mind our biggest threat. Like what should we, not that we want to instill fear, but like what should we actually how do you kind of separate that, right? Like what is right. sort of hype, I guess you could say, versus genuinely this could right. really affect us? And I think, I think there's maybe two classes of threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, the one we see every day is the, the formation of extremists and the terrorism and the mm-hmm. strap a bomb onto your chest and walk into a crowd and blow yourself up kind of stuff. And ISIS, it's a real threat, uh, mainly because it's attempting to destabilize the region and they, you know, they don't like Western civilization, Western mm-hmm. culture, and they do whatever it takes. They're at the wit's end, so they're trying all these extreme things to mm-hmm. to, to disrupt you know, our way of life and our values that we hold. And so you know, I think that's a, a kind of threat, and it's one that needs to be managed, but it's mm-hmm. probably not the most uh, dangerous threat mm-hmm. to the world. It, it continues to be... You know, massive conflict between major powers. Um, That's the biggest threat. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the world since World War II, obviously the Soviet Union collapsed, mm-hmm. but Russia has a lot of ambitions. Uh, you know, a lot of its self, you know, national prestige to regain what they once were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've annexed uh, Crimea. They had a conflict in Georgia. You know, they're up against the, the edge of, mm-hmm. of NATO. If you, if you listen to uh, the doctrine of the nation right now, there's a willingness to use nuclear weapons in a limited exchange in order to de- de-escalate mm-hmm. a conflict. The Russians don't have the Red Army that they once had. 
and therefore they 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 feel uh you know overwhelmed by nato Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the only means they have to balance that equation is to is to threaten to use nuclear weapons to stock up on nuclear weapons and then threaten to use them they violated the Mm -hmm. intermediate range treaties to they've created new weapons Mm -hmm. iskander that 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 can be used in an exchange in a region yeah uh so the Russians are, you know, we're at a standoff with them, and I'll talk to you about why I think that happens. But in the, to some degree, the same thing is true of China. Uh, China has a, a goal to, to be a regional, you know, power. Uh, they, they don't like the fact that Taiwan is pulled away from them. Mm-hmm. They want to make them part of the country again. Uh, United States, to some degree, backs Taiwan. So that's creating conflict. China wants to control the South China Sea. They're mm-hmm. they're right. uh, actually building islands and equipping them with mm-hmm. you know, military equipment so that they can threaten you know other countries that might want to attack them. There's a lot of development of weapons that have to do with uh, what we call anti-access and area denial. Mm-hmm. It's to keep the U.S. fleet forces from you know moving into the region to hold them back. Yep. Um, you know it's a it's a national strategy to achieve their objectives, which is to continue to grow and control mm-hmm. more of the region. And so that to me though, those, those are the, the real existential threats. Mm-hmm. The terrorism threat is not. Got it. I have a follow-up question about what you said. So obviously so many countries, well, not so many, but a lot of countries have nuclear weapons. They threaten to use them all of the time. Everyone talks about each other's yeah. nuclear weapons. When was the last time a nuclear weapon was actually deployed? Used in conflict? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great There's question. only been two instances in the history of man, and it's it's Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki, and that's and what the happened. rest has just been all talk and threats. So, like North Korea, for instance, obviously they are constantly talking about the missiles that they're creating. There's the rumor that one could reach the United States. Like, how likely they seem like the ones that talk about using it the most. Mm-hmm. Um, how likely do you think that would even happen? In my opinion, you know. Uh, North Korea is is ruled by a tyrant yep. who is mostly concerned with regime preservation. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different than Russia and China, obviously. Yep. So it's what we call a rogue nation. Their their goal is to preserve their, their leadership. Mm-hmm. And so they play a really interesting you know, game to try to control their country and to keep us from, you know, disrupting that. Mm-hmm. So they have never actually fired a nuclear weapon at anybody yeah they have done underground tests or tests to prove you know develop the systems we know that mm-hmm. we can see the missiles they're flying yeah it just seems like it's baffling to me like the amount of money that is spent by world powers well, yeah. on nuclear weapons yep mm-hmm. you know and that like they're they're never used they shouldn't be used but like they're yeah i mean mm-hmm. the amount of money north korea is a really poor country and all of their money goes to their nuclear right. weapons i feel right um, I was reading too with, and I might have this fact wrong, but with um, South Korea that they just elected a new president. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that a lot of what he is, it's a male, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he campaigned on um, was about um, kind of, you know, mending the relationship with right. North Korea. Do you think that that's even, is that feasible? Is that something that. I think it's absolutely feasible. And really? what's ultimately will happen is that, you know, Korea will unite again, and the mm-hmm. armistice will be over. And but it will have to displace the northern Korean regime mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, if, 
It's fascinating when you look at that country and the way the society lives in poverty, mm-hmm. by and large, and yep. uh, all the resources they have are pumped into ballistic missiles and mm-hmm. nuclear weapons and other military force that's just not helping the nation. No. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's all, I just, I have a hard time thinking that, I mean, North Korea would actually execute on one of those missiles because like they would just get, isn't that like the whole fear and why no one actually uses North Korea weapons is because it would be destroy the world. Yeah. Right. Once that happens, mm-hmm. everyone just starts killing each other. Well, so, you know, that's, you said a couple of interesting things and we say, I say a little differently and, and commonly those. Yeah. Are you probably speak a lot more eloquently about no, it. No, no, no. What I mean is when you say we, we've never used nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. we tend to think of it the other way around. We use them every day. Mm-hmm. The, there's a, what we achieve is deterrence. Yes. We deter massive conflict mm-hmm. between major powers. Yes. Because everybody knows if you strike me, I have the means to strike you back mm-hmm. and we both lose. And nobody can stand lose, lose. Everybody wants win, lose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we sort of live in a win win situation today because we're at this standoff. And, and that's why since World War II, mm-hmm. the loss of life due to major powers in conflict has been diminished to you know record mm-hmm. level le- low low levels and people live in essentially much greater degree of harmony than they've ever known for the last seven decades mm-hmm. um so the the north koreans of course it's their goal is not to get enough an open conflict they right, right. They'll, they'll lose totally but it'll be a big mess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um they they don't have as much to lose as the united states one nuclear weapon on an intercontinental ballistic missile to this country would devastate our economy for decades. Yeah. And if if the North Koreans were to lose it all tomorrow, it wouldn't be as big a you know an impact. Mm. So there's their their strategy is to just hold us, us at scared. bay. Yeah. Yeah. If they can just keep us from going over there and, and disrupting the regime because mm-hmm. we can't stand to have a single weapon of that magnitude right. thrown so at us. So basically, they are just using um using their ballistic missiles as kind of a scare tactic tactic to us so we don't try to overthrow like right. the crazy have. government yes. there that yes. is you know starving you know, we, its people and everything we could send in forces i mean i'm sure kim jong-un has doubles he'd be hard to find he's mm-hmm. you know he's got various means of being hiding and and sure if you weren't sure you could destroy all of his capability all at once, mm-hmm. one retaliation would be a big, you know, a big right. problem for us. With um, the Iran nuclear deal, mm-hmm. for instance, like what would love just to hear kind of your thoughts on that. I just feel like yeah, break it down for like, us. Our our solution to everything is just like slapping on more sanctions. But like, curious, yeah. like just what your thoughts were on that deal and like where that puts us. Honestly, I've, I've never read the deal. I've only know what I've heard through the news, mm-hmm. but. It seems to me Iran's a little different than North Korea. Iran's an organized state with a different theology than mm-hmm. the West, and they would want to be the they want to be the unifying government of the Middle East. They want everyone to fall in. That's mm-hmm. why they engage in support terrorism against Israel and other countries. And so their their goal is is to is to be a, a major power, and they they know that nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles are another means to achieve that goal mm-hmm. because you know again you you at your own risk do you ever strike them in any kind of open conflict so as far as the nuclear deal goes 
you know, it's funny. I think if you talk to the average person on the street in, in Tehran, mm-hmm. they'd say, hey, we just want to be world citizens like the rest of you. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't have any big grudge here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, unfortunately, they've got a, you know, theology at the top where the, you know, the, the leaders are, are letting the religion of it, you know, influence the politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something the United States of America, of course, you know, was very careful. <laughs> Thomas right. Jefferson, very careful to separate a long time ago. Um, I have heard a lot about um, the fact that, like, the people, the citizens of that country are, like, very fond of the West for the most part. I would imagine they are. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's... it's more the government that's not aligned. It's probably true of most countries. And that's why I think it's so important for people in your generation, I'll refer to you as, you know, younger than me. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll sure. take it. Yep. <laughs> Get out and see yet. the world. I mean, if you say, oh, nice I'm plug. too scared to travel because I'm afraid of terrorism, it's... Right. It, it's it's a you got better chances of hitting the lottery than being hurt by a terrorist in overseas mm-hmm. travel. So go see the world. That's go such a good meet point. Well, that's Shout the out. whole thing, right? It's this idea that they've won, right? Mm-hmm. If like you're constantly living yeah. in fear. Exactly. Um, what? Go, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was oh. going to go back to ISIS. We should definitely go back to okay. ISIS. Okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know them wanting to destroy Western civilization. Like what? This is going to sound like maybe a dumb question, but what is their end goal with that? Like, let's say they achieve it. Like, then what? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I. I mean, if you believe, like, have they thought that through? I mean, it's probably something. <laughs> what that, if we like, succeed? Well, it's so you know? religion based. It probably has something to do with like what happens to them in the afterlife, right? I, it may be a good part of it. I, I think that the people that rule there just like that method. They, they probably sincerely believe it's the right approach for mankind, mm-hmm. you know, to have dominant males and females living in subordination, like, you know, property and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, we over here in the West don't believe that, you know, and, and we feel that the, uh, you know, it could, could the world be a, 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 an Islamic you know, single religion world? Yeah, sure it could. I mean, there's nothing particularly wrong with Muslim religion, in my view. I think it's just another good right, religion, right? Right, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the extremism. It's the extremism, yes. and the fact that as civilizations become more educated, I think we tend to be more objective about, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship between men and women, and, and a lot of things that they just view that as, the, you know, that's just contaminating the the culture of the world. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to lead to our disru- disru- destruction, I suppose. Right. Um, be the view from that side of the country. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's where I think it's so important y'all to get out and go see for right. yourself yeah. right. and go learn these things and see what it really is. Um, because it's, you know, that's, that's going to eventually the thing that fuels conflict in the world is very simple. You look across the border and the other guy's got more stuff than you got. That's mm-hmm. it. It's economic disparity. And in the end of the day, you know, to reach harmony, global harmony, you can't have anybody too far behind. You can't have anybody too far in mm-hmm. front. You've got to have fair economy, and, and that comes from education. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately, I believe, leads to more democratic forms of government because once the society is educated to that degree, then you can sustain a democracy – I, I don't believe it now is the time for democracy in every country. Clearly it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Autocracy is necessary in, in certain places still. But I, I believe one day we can achieve that. Um, you know, a, a level of economic parity, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and more harmony across the globe. And that happens through better education to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think if you want to solve that problem, you gotta get people the basic necessities of life, you know, security, food, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then education. Right. And that that is so people can go earn a living and be mm-hmm. a part of society. Right. Great. Looks like you have an audience uh, question. It looks, yeah, it looks like a um, question. I mean, I we still, I know, have a few other oh, questions, definitely. but I'd love to take a quick break and just um, see if anyone in the audience, you know, has anything that they're they're curious to looks ask. Like we um, have, it looks uh, like one person. Sir, can you sit down and? F- yep. <laughs> yep. Sir, come on up to the front. Perfect. Perfect. All I right. I can barely see you back there All right. in the sea um, of, of the crowd. Yep, yep. The guy in the the hat. Yep. Oh, yep. Come on the hat. up. Yep. Um, hi, sir. What's your name? Uh, my name's Rick. Hi, hi Rick. Rick. Uh, so my question is: is when you I, I agree with you that uh, economic disparity drives conflict, but wouldn't you think that once you start moving that needle to less economic disparity, it creates socialism, and the free enterprise system kind of falls apart at that point? Well, that's a that's an interesting question. Uh, Thank a, you so much, Art. That was actually my next question. So that was um, <laughs> wow, crazy. That was just that was crazy. Okay. Um, in, in, John, over to you. Well, in my opinion, that's that's not the case. Uh, if, if you look at Europe and the United States and other democratic countries, Australia, we live in, in the capitalist structure. And the main message is if you want to work harder, you can do better in life. And I don't think we ever want to take that away from people. And I, I think socialism has been tried as a, as a national experiment in the Soviet Union and shown to fail. It uh, did not lead to the prosperity that the, that the, the state desired. So in my opinion, it's not exclusive. Uh, achieving a more homogeneous, you know, a more homogeneous economy across the globe isn't only enabled by a socialist outcome. Mm. Interesting. Thank you. Agreed. Um, I have any a- other questions from the audience? Or are we we're good to keep going? It looks I have like. a quick question for okay. you. Sure, shoot. So I always like to know who has my back, mm-hmm. you know, in my friend group, just in my life. If um, I would... did me a little funny when you said that. <laughs> always no, got your clearly, back. Clearly. Please. Could you give Ooh. me a list? <laughs> Talk about conflict. <laughs> give me a list of countries, allies, if you will, that if something happened to them, we would go to war for them. Well, okay. Um, Who's on the ally list right now? I feel like we've lost all of them recently <laughs> with our... Who do we still have? Our new leader. <laughs> Canada. Well, Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. Oh, all of NATO. We have all of NATO's back. There are titles. There's there's the the statutes of the the enabling documents of the organization require that we all defend one another. Okay. Okay. Yes. You know, and and but it's interesting that when uh, Russia decided to annex uh, Crimea, that that you didn't see NATO members rushing in to throw them out. Mm-hmm. So it's not always that? cut and dried. Well, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't think folks wanted to uh, create the big war that might mm-hmm. have followed. And, and I think so it happened Crimea so suddenly. So just got left in the dust. It, it, even it was though one they of those were a part of where, NATO. You know, maybe the view was the Russians weren't completely wrong about most people mm-hmm. there speaking Russian and kind of being heritage property of theirs. But yeah. for whatever reason, Ukraine's lost out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Had they been paying NATO fees? That sucks to, to buy in f- into it and not, not get any support. Yeah, no, as a matter of fact, that's one of the interesting things. Is Can they sue NATO? 
they can definitely be unhappy about it. They, they, uh, so close. <laughs> they, they, in fact, you know, the, the United States and others convinced the Ukrainians to rid themselves of nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the assurance that we defend them if anybody ever mm-hmm. tried to, you know, give them trouble. Yeah. Because we, we're trying, as our doctrine is, to reduce the proliferation of nuclear weapons, which is a good doctrine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, I think it's fair to say that uh, they couldn't win the war against the Russians. They didn't have that hammer to hold over their head. Mm-hmm. They didn't so. have the threat of saying, we have nuclear weapons, don't touch us. Right, right. I mean, and, and so just to touch on the, that concept a little bit, we, we as a country don't want proliferation of nuclear weapons. We're trying to get the numbers mm-hmm. down, and, and we've, we've been trying for years. You know, if you go back 30 years, it was just the United States and Russia, and then China. And you think, well, how many more countries need nuclear weapons? Shouldn't they all just stop? You know, nobody's invading them. Why would mm-hmm. they need them? But actually, since then, India, Pakistan, North Korea, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Iran's close, if not already there. Uh, Israel won't admit it, but they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, France and, uh, and the UK. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's them. getting rid of their nuclear weapons. It's right. like going the other direction. I have a tactical question. Uh-huh. Just breaking it down a little more. Um, one, why does any country need more than one nuclear weapon? It well, sounds like one is enough. One should do the trick, <laughs> in theory. And how many do like does a given country likely have if they're a major world power? Sure. Good questions. Uh, let me start by saying that if you go back two or three decades, actually more like the 70s and the 60s, the United States alone had tens of thousands of nuclear weapons. Are you serious? I was. Well, that am, sounds right. like a waste of funds. Yeah, and, and Russia was doing the same thing. And since the World War II, we, we both saw ourselves in an arms race to have as many as the other guy. Yeah. To reach Just parity. Just like a power struggle. You know, it's the whole thing about conflict. They have more than, you yeah. know, I do. Yeah. So then, the, so, so we, we, we both saw the the logic in getting together to form treaties, mm-hmm. arms control treaties. And we all agreed to you know, bring down the number and be able to verify the other guy did as well so that we didn't all have to spend you know, so much of our GDP or our defense budgets on, on these just weapons. And, weapons that are just going to sit there because, again, you only need one. Well, uh, we'll get to that. I mean, if they oh. have two, then we might need backup. So the yeah. question is how much is enough? And Presently, under the START II, we have our new START treaty. We we have the United States has agreed only to deploy fifteen hundred and fifty nuclear weapons. Deploy. Deploy. Tell me what I mean, that means. Well, Wait. as opposed to like in reserve, back yeah. in bunkers, like launch them. This is ones that are available to be used in right now if in a conflict. If we needed them. And again, only one could destroy an entire continent. Well, not quite, but you know, yeah, it'd be real bad. It, and it we have fifteen hundred that we that are available for use. So let's talk about why and whether that's the right number. You know, obviously the past presidents have, have attempted to go lower, mm-hmm. even even almost unilaterally said, "I'm going to just reduce," and hopefully other countries will follow. Uh, President Obama, when he was in office, went to to Prague and he he gave a great speech. He said, "I have a vision of a world free of nuclear weapons," mm-hmm. and the everybody or oh, like just one for each, you know, but like. If we say, Getting like, okay, we will deploy 1,500, but, like, literally there was an attack, we're not going to be like, oh, we said only 1,500, right? We're going to... 
load up some more. <laughs> but like, well, I feel okay. like if there was an attack, we would you know still I mean, only though? need like a couple. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what's this point of saying this is all we will use? Well, so let me explain. Like, who's to say that you would even? <laughs> I me, need some clarity, John. I need clarity. Yeah. Let me let me try to help you with. Should that. we talk about missile testing? Would that help us just kind of understand a little bit more? Well, like I, I'll, I will, but here's a just, I'm just a real quick answer. I'm just going to be quiet for the answer. next ten minutes. Uh, no, uh, and if I give a monologue, stop me. But you know, think about it this way: in our country, we have a uh, uh, a triad, we call it, three legs of the nuclear deterrence: land-based, sea-based, and airborne systems. And the way it works is, it's pretty oversimplified. But you have all these ground-based silos up in the mid North Midwest. Mm-hmm. And the Russians know that they take all the weapons they have to reliably destroy all those. Mm-hmm. But then they're facing the other two legs of the triad. The submarine force can Three retaliate. Problem. And the same is true and vice versa. So nobody can ever run through the numbers and figure out how to make it work. Now, if the United States had one nuclear weapon, to your point, how hard would it be for an adversary to destroy that one before we could see it coming? It'd be pretty easy, mm. right? Oh, so we don't have the stockpile of nuclear weapons to utilize them all. We have them so through process of elimination, we'll still end up with some if Trump, someone tries to destroy them. It's the calculation of stagnation. I That's I how see. deterrence Supply works. Supply and demand. Supply, Supply and demand. demand. So yeah, you say, well, I, the demand. Okay, I understand <laughs> you, you know, one weapon uh, he could rain down uh, and destroy, and then you'd be looking at you know his reserve. Uh, so how many should you have? Two? Or 10? I mean, there's a lot of people who think we could head toward... We'd all. I personally would like to have it be zero, right? Has there but, been... Um, I'm, I apologize to listeners if I sound stupid for not knowing this, but has there been an actual attempt of a country to destroy another country's nuclear weapon arsenal? Not to my knowledge, no. Because that would be a strategic threat. Yes. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I was the adversary or the aggressor in that situation and I started doing that you would presume I mean to just roll over you and that would be you know an existential challenge mm-hmm. and you would retaliate with all your force so if you think about it you know when when we were in north when when the korean conflict was going on and we already talked about you know the united states knew that the north koreans were backed by by china and they had nuclear weapons and we had our own stockpile back in the South Koreans, and that maintained a, a level of conflict that was constrained to a degree. Mm-hmm. The same happened in Vietnam. You know, North we never got into just, let's go really take the gloves off and wipe the other guy out, because everybody knew if it went to that, we'd drag in nuclear conflict with China and the United States. So it's, it's, it has had, the, in my opinion, the effect of constraining the level of conflicts that have occurred. And that's why we haven't had two percent of the US, you know global population destroyed per century for yeah the last one because yeah wow so the you know the question no. is how many is enough and uh, you know our our belief is that the triad we use we have bombers long range bombers we have ground based missiles and we have submarine based forces bombers are are are. Resp- they show force. They show determination. You fly a bomber over North Korea, and they That's get the message. Like, is a bomber like what happened with um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Those were both bombers. Yeah, those were those were carried by air aircraft. Yes, you know, they were both props at the time. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. they went over and. And those the are the only successful um, nuclear weapon. Things that was that the only happened. use in war. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Major conflicts. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And and then you know for for a long time after World War II, there was just the bomber force. Yeah. Um, strategic uh, command was you know the the old force, and then then we developed the technology for ICBMs and you know intercontinental ballistic missiles and submarine launch ballistic missiles, and that those two legs of the triad mm-hmm. serve different purposes: responsive and then and then uh, assured response. You know, the the submarines are the most survivable leg of the triad. They they wait. They mm-hmm. don't. They're not there for a first strike. They're there to respond if mm-hmm. called upon. Okay. So. How much? If I were to make a nuclear weapon, mm-hmm. how much would that set me back financially? Mm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> how Great much question. does one cost? <laughs> Here's an idea. Um, my 401k is looking good, and um, I thought. <laughs> Just curious, like the cost that goes into yes. one of these. Great things. question. Well, uh, in the United, in the beginning, when we had the Manhattan Project, you know, it was essentially, you know, it was a dedication of a few who, for whatever cost, and I don't know what it was, but a small fraction of the cost of the war, you know, developed nuclear weapons for the first time. Today, you know, it's been done, and uh, obviously, there was a famous scientist in Pakistan who was finally arrested for selling secrets of how to build them. So your best bet, if you want to go build one, is to find a way to get the information how to do it. Which is a lot of chemistry. Well, it's, it's, uh, I'm not gonna, I can't go into the way it's done. Uh, not that I'm an expert in any way. But Maybe I should add that to my Google searches and see what happens. Yep. How yep. to build a nuclear weapon. You'd be surprised what you come up with, I'm sure. But <laughs> What's ISIS trying to do and how might I get involved? <laughs> I, th- I think the media... Is Tupac still alive? Yeah. <laughs> We try well. Like when the when the Soviet Union questions. collapsed and all the the nuclear you know material enriched uranium and so forth was mm-hmm. out there floating around. We the U.S. spent quite a bit of money to go over and help them find it and dispose of it because we didn't want it getting out and around. Um, that's that's the secret. Once mm-hmm. even if you know how to build a weapon, you have to get the materials. Sure. So rough estimate. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, billions of dollars. For what? For what? Just so, to do the first one, yeah. We could pull our funds, Haley. Yeah, it sounds like um, we're close. Yeah. It sounds like we're close. I've been saving about $100 a month, so <laughs> I feel good. Well, if we get Deborah Michaels sponsoring us again, we could at least Perfect. like We'll use our Bitcoin. On. We'll use yeah. our Bitcoin. It'll yeah. be done. Um, well, I know it's purely hypothetical. Uh, uh, there are laws against it, of course. You, 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 you'd run into some real serious trouble. I like trouble. it that you have to tell us that as if we're actually going to make any progress. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as if we truly have these funds. Can you imagine yeah. if, like, some, if a girl like threatens you at a bar, you're like, I have a nuclear weapon. Yep. I see what she says. <laughs> yep. oh, well, it, does, it is a cliche. Uh, don't, don't make me go nuclear. Or but <laughs> for um, getting back to just testing missiles, mm-hmm. I'd like to just learn a little bit more about that process oh, yes. as well. Because it yes. sounds like an expensive process. Like when North Korea is like, we are testing Didn't our they, newest like, launch missile. All of them they love like, to test their recently. missiles. It was like they're like... What was it? Yeah, Some ex- celebration. Yeah. They decided to launch like a bunch of missiles. They're, you know, and, and it's it, was like they're their, it was like their 100 year anniversary yes. of being a country and they're celebrating yes. it by testing yes. ballistic missiles. I mean, yep. Fourth of July, like fireworks are expensive. I can't fathom That's yeah, way up how there. much that would have been. It's usually time to coincide with maybe a visit of state, like the president goes off- offshore and mm-hmm. then they'll be launching missiles. Or if, if the Secretary of Defense, Mattis, were to go to Korea, I believe he did. You know, they'll make a statement. So a missile test is basically just launching the missile without all of the nuclear stuff inside of it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, they're not. They're not armed. They have everything mm-hmm. but the explosive package, and so it's a. 
Okay. Uh, Why okay. do we do it? We, we, A, we want to know our systems are reliable and they work. Okay. I mean, we have to be able to use them if called to do so. That's part of I'm being a, an authentic mind. deterrent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a statement to your adversaries. They mm. see these tests and they say, uh-oh, this is for sure. real. You know, what's interesting in the last week, though, we've talked a lot How about How do they deterrence. even know you have the, the explosive package or whatever you called it? Well, what when, we, we, when we fire a test, we don't fire in an aggressive trajectory toward an adversary or a potential adversary. We fire down in the South Atlantic or down mm-hmm. into the mid-Pacific. But So it's not like it's on a trajectory that's headed their way. Yep. And the other countries, Russia, of course, runs their own tests, and they do the same. Mm-hmm. They, off, they shoot off in the ocean somewhere. Sure. This last week, um, we've been talking a lot about deterrence, which is a means of keeping big powers from you know, mm-hmm. knocking heads together. Um, you could ask the question, well, what does the nuclear weapons of the United States do to deter North Korea? Guys are kind of a crazy madman, certainly a rogue. Shout out. You know, he wouldn't necessarily be deterred because he wouldn't believe we'd actually use nuclear weapons against them. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we work a lot on is defense, missile defense. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the news this week, you saw that we, we launched a... Uh, a test from Vandenberg that intercepted an ICBM coming from uh, Kwajalein Atoll back here toward the United States. And it hit the warhead in up above the atmosphere and destroyed it before it ever had a chance to reach our country or detonate. A- oh. And it's, we've been thinking about that for decades is how to create an ironclad defense so that, you know, no amount of nuclear weapons could be delivered and we could get rid of ours because we could, mm-hmm. you know, uh, assuredly destroy anything coming our way would we get any money back from that or is it a sunk cost <laughs> sunk cost sunk okay. um in terms of the like launching so let's say north korea does you know try to launch one that could reach us how long would that take about 25 30 minutes really yeah jeez, jeez. do you remember like have, never mind i was gonna bring up that book that's like how to avoid large ships oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like well they said a ship was coming. I had five hours. Luckily, I read the book. Figured yeah. out I could just turn slightly right. Really, um, but really no, I'm just wondering, answer, like, yeah. what, like, you know. It depends how much on of a warning. Do we have where they target? And what if do it's we LA do? or DC? It mm-hmm. depends what loft they use. If you know that sort of thing. Okay. But, uh, if if a missile is fired, mm-hmm. and we we find out, let's say it takes 25 minutes total, and we find out after two minutes that one was launched, what's the best strategy? Mm-hmm. Where do we go? Well. For a singlet launch like that, there's a there's a missile defense base up in Fort Greely, Alaska, and it's designed to intercept a single launch like that. How? Well, that's just like I said this yeah, last it's... week. We demonstrated that capability. <laughs> we we send up a missile to meet that incoming oh, missile yeah. in so space. Then yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, so that's I, the plan. I didn't miss that. I but just... I'm just wondering, like, if one launch, is it like okay? We now have 30 minutes to somehow intercept it. That is so cool that we could meet it there. Well, that's that's what the missile defense system is designed to build. What if it's not a missile? What if it's dropped from a plane? Well, that's we have other means of detecting mm-hmm. their approach and discouraging them. And this is dope. I'm feeling a little them. bit better. This yeah, is, this is great. For lack of a better word, dope. Yes, yeah. we um, have a lot of. Uh, that's so cool because I was just going to ask you. Like, you work for a defense company. Clearly, we're not make. We're not actually. Uh, 
deploying in a, any of our mm-hmm. missiles. So, like, what are we doing at the defense company? It sounds like we're coming coming yeah. up with a plan. Yeah, some Well, I would say it, I would say it's a subtle <laughs> distinction. But we, we don't use any of our missiles in conflict. We, we, we demonstrate just, them in test, and we, use, we deploy them in yeah. means of, you know, they are deployed for uses by the forces, mm-hmm. but their deterrent is... Your deterrent fails the day you have to yep. launch in anger. Right. To anger. kind anger. of snowball off of that, um, what is our space care plan? Who's looking out for the satellites? Yeah. Like, obviously, <laughs> so much of our daily life comes from satellite stuff. Satellite TV, satellite radio, all the power grid. I think that's satellite related. But, like, who's defending the satellites? That's a, you, yeah. guys, you guys did your research. Yep. I'm, I'm who's impressed. Who's looking out for them? Yeah, no, seriously, the... Part of our whole security structure is hinges on these overhead orbiting assets that we have. Mm-hmm. There's infrared systems look down. There's communication systems allow us to talk back and forth. And, uh, you know, those, if we were blinded, we'd feel as defenseless as if we didn't have any weapons. When you say blinded, you mean if the satellites were destroyed. Right, Agreed. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, there's been a lot of... Uh, it would be like... Back in the 1960s, yeah, right when there were no satellites, right, yeah. and and so you know it's been <laughs> killer comparison. <laughs> well, so the bottom line is oh that we, we care a lot about the 60s. that, and we're and and you know I can't talk or won't talk about a lot of it, but uh, uh, secret the uh, aggregation of it, but by having more satellites that are 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 perform specific functions than all of them on one, you're less vulnerable. Okay. There's a, is there a most important satellite or is there a decoy? Um, well, I don't know no. if I can feel that. <laughs> there's, there's a, they're all important, and uh, you mm-hmm. know we have you have to be careful that, and, and if and if a foreign country were to attack those satellites, like China did demonstrate, a uh, they intercept one of their weather satellites in orbit a, a couple one of ours one of theirs oh. Which wasn't so bad. You think, well, it's their satellite. The only problem is they splattered debris in orbit, and it's just thousands of pieces of that satellite flying around. And at the velocity a piece of debris hits our spacecraft, it'll rip right through it. So it's, it was a really bad thing. Why did thing. they do that? Uh, a, a lack of so uh, adult supervision, They're I just think. not yeah. being environmental enough, even no. in space. Well, they heard a lot about it after the fact. The, nation, you know, mm-hmm. the, the rest of the nations of the world said, what, are you crazy? And yeah. they said, oh, yeah, I get your point. Because that stuff's going to stay up there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So in short, our space care plan is to just have a lot of satellites. So if one's destroyed, it doesn't destroy all of us. Similar to our missile plan. Exactly. Or to be able to yeah. rapidly reconstitute them. It, you know, if, if you have the means to insert something rapidly, you can, you can uh, replace what's lost. Right. So you, if you were to do a search on Google, you'll, you'd probably see that kind of activity going okay. on. I'll add that to my Google searches. Um, It looks like, too, that we have maybe another um, eager audience member to ask a question. Oh, really? I can barely... Their audience is so big, I I can barely see. Oh, Um, I see you, ma'am. Yep. Yep. Come on down. Mm -hmm. Come on down. Come on down. Yep. Grab that that microphone right there. That's perfect. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Gina. Hi, Gina. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me speak. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Apparently, you're unable to do so on your own, though. Well, when you can compose yourself, what's your question, ma'am? So you were talking about different types of missiles. One that is submarine-based. Yes. That I believe would 
then hit land. That's correct, uh, typically. Yeah. Versus the type of missile that would destroy another missile. Right. If we were to be attacked by a country, which would be deployed? Or used? Used in, yes. yeah, exactly. Well, like, like I what's said... What's our front-runner top <laughs> missile option? <laughs> with, with the nuclear weapons we possess, like I said, the, the deterrence has failed the day we actually launch them. They haven't succeeded in their mission, which is to deter, mm-hmm. you know, the threat. That's our view. Uh, if someone were to send a nuclear missile, one, at us, we, we would intercept it with an interceptor, a missile that intercepts it in flight. And then would we attack them? Well, we'd certainly have think to think it. carefully mm-hmm. about our next move. I mean, we, we don't want to escalate. We wouldn't want that sort of behavior to go unaddressed. We'd say, why'd you do that? You know, was it some rogue uh, general that got a launch off? I mean, mm-hmm. how do you want to keep that from ever happening again? But, you know, that's the, the nature of the business, yeah. Life wow. in the biz. Mm-hmm. Life in the biz. Um, Good question, ma'am. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Look at her walking back on her two feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have one other logistical question. I already asked about the cost of, um, of a nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. We are in the billions for one. Yeah. One unit. Um, how well, that's large? for you to develop it. I mean, to yeah. go yes. build one today, it would be... Uh, for the U.S. to build another one might be something less, but that's... Okay. Mm. How large... Are we talking? Oh, Could it fit uh, in this living room? Is it? Well, I, I'll, I, I can talk about the things I've seen in public museums. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which you too, you too can attend. In, in, I mean, in the beginning, I can tell you what I can Google image search. If you, if you go see, you know, Fat Man or Little Boy, they're, they're they were big, big uh, fission only sort of. Uh, Are those real names? Weapons. Yeah, they were. That was the oh. Nagasaki. Oh, <laughs> I never knew the name. All right. Those yeah. are our new nicknames for now. For sure. But, uh, fat man and little boy. Do you, who do you want to be? They were also... I'm clearly you know, fat man. <laughs> little boy. There was a time when... Once it, I was a little boy. <laughs> we used the term yield to, to represent the equivalent, you know, TNT that it would, mm-hmm. a nuclear device would yield. And, and there were times when they were very, very big, you know, and megatons of explosive power equivalent mm-hmm. of TNT and then obviously I think it's generally known that they've gotten a lot smaller now uh, uh, for good reasons there it's the doctrine of the United States not to retaliate against cities only against uh, military complexes so we build weapons that allow us to attack a, a, a military structure and destroy it in a, and and we don't just go back as Unlike the Chinese, who who actually have a doctrine that says, you know, if you ever attack us, we'll just unleash on your your population. We'll just destroy mm-hmm. your people, and that's another form of deterrence. We don't we don't uh, subscribe to here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do does do all other countries, all other major world powers know um, that? we have this interception technique perfected or is that like a pleasant surprise? It's like in case they try to attack us, we're like, ooh, interception. We, uh, <laughs> we don't want to keep that a secret. We, we want other people to know we have that ability. Okay, okay. We okay. don't want them to know all the details of it so they might find a way to get around it. Right. So mm-hmm. we do keep classified aspects of it that would make it vulnerable to countermeasures, but 
we this is so cool maybe our episode can be called interception just to continue to you know feel free um hone in on that point yeah or uh, fat man and little boy yeah there's so like many that. options That's gotta be it. <laughs> um, for sure for sure um i think those were my major questions did you have I anything have literally gotten an as we told unreal you, amount yes, of clarity as today. we told you before we don't always have the pleasure of getting true clarity on our episodes, despite our name. And this is And when been, we do, it's about things a lot less important than ballistic yes, missiles yes. and defense. So any, I guess, parting words that you want to be the biggest takeaway for yeah, our Yeah, for all of our, our listeners, listeners who are very much like us, mm-hmm. millennial women, usually in Switzerland, Japan, and or here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we're safe, huh? Well, I think the methods we have have been working. Okay. And uh, I think they'll continue to work. I, I, like I said, would like to see a nuclear weapon-free world. Same. And I hope in your generation we can achieve that. I, in the meantime, we're going to have to have safe, secure, and effective weapons so that we can maintain the deterrence. And I would say that I I've just appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys about mm-hmm. this. And I hope your audience is interested in it because I think the millennial generation, at least in the United States, has kind of lost the concept of why it's there, why yeah. we have it, why do we need it. Uh, I think it's something you should think about. And, uh, you know, if this, this sort of thing is helpful, I was really happy to do it. Oh, it was so, it was so great. It was so, so helpful. Honestly, I have received so much clarity and we really mm-hmm. appreciate you taking time out of your real life. No, no, to talk to us and our listeners. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. We had a great audience too. Yeah. Thank uh, you yeah. guys. Thanks really guys. good crowd today. So yeah. thanks for our audience members. <laughs> Oh, one more, one oh, more comment. We have one final question. John single? We'll repeat the question in case um, we didn't pick it up, but um, John, are you single? No, I'm, I'm happily married to a wonderful woman named Gina, so I'm sorry I won't be able to <laughs> entertain your overtures, but you know, I'm not opposed to signing your breasts with my pen, though. <laughs> That's I feel like awful. that's a wrap on that note. <laughs> on that note, we'll be back with our next episode of Cocktails and Clarity. We love you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.